hours. Please. Kiss me. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate cage cast, where we discuss each of the National Treasure's cinematic masterpieces and his life. We also try to gleam the cube of whatever kernels of wisdom we can from his character that week. I am Donnie the Destroyer. I am Adrian the Not Destroyer. My name is Linda, but you can call me Kesa. And welcome to today's episode where we discuss Racing with the Moon, an unofficial sequel to Best of Times where Nick dragged his friend Crispin through time to war-torn 1940s California with no way getting back. A coming-of-age drama about the horrors of falling in love and opening your heart and the joys of your racist American friend destroying your life with trailer park abortions. With a very I mean, unspicoli Sean Penn. This is true. That is pretty much it. I mean, if he was more Spicoli, he could have just said, hey, abortion, I can fix it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's an electrician. So, so he would make trick Forrest Whitaker, into beat, Forrest Whitaker into beating up the fetus? Yes. He would have <laughs> just beat the shit out of her belly. You know, if they put on Stevie Nicks, that abortion would have gone a lot smoother. The chain? Take me <laughs> deep in anger. If you don't love me now. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> I guess in the 40s anyway. you couldn't go to the corner store and buy some baby be gone or fetus flush. No, not I mean, this age. It really is Nick Cage reprising his role as Nick, right? From Best of Time? Pretty much, yeah. His name is Nick, so I mean, yeah. And he's still getting laid by saying, like, he's going off to war. Exactly. And he actually yes. is this time. Maybe that's why he developed a freaking time machine. He's also and still like, ripped, you may have noticed. to go actual war. Clearly. Okay, so this just might be me being on crack or something, but with the way Cage's haircut is in this one, in the weird lit uh, day for night scenes when they actually go and race the train, mm -hmm. didn't Cage actually, in a couple of shots, kind of look like Jimmy Stewart, the way he looked in the 50s? My God. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, is it, it, it's odd. It's kind of uncanny. You know, because the effect's ruined throughout most of it. But, like, every now and then it's like, holy fuck, Jimmy Stewart. I know, oh, right? I wasn't able to do that before I started drinking. God. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know, Howie, that you don't save souvenirs from a killing? And also, I'm going <laughs> to hop this train right quick. So, Linda, what can you tell us about the jack-killing wonderness that is Cage in this film? Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, uh, it was around this time in his life that Cage got his back tattoo. Uh, he says that it's large, but there aren't any decent large. pictures of the tattoo, so it's it's really hard to see. But um, there is one picture that shows a portion of his back, and it seems like uh, the tattoo is just on the top left of his back, not exactly gigantic. Not that but, big, um, really. <laughs> it's a monitor lizard with a top hat and a monocle, which uh, I gotta say, oh, I dig it. Shit, okay. Classy. Yeah, yeah I thought it'd be something that... lame like that superhero tattoo he has for his chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just his chest hair. <laughs> 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 but no, I couldn't grow any, I got a tattoo darn. <laughs> he got it at this point because he didn't want to fall into the uh, the hole of becoming the beefcake character. And uh, he didn't want to have too many movies with his shirt off. And he that saw failed. It, um, 
he did a, a lot to also uh, shock his dad, which apparently it did the trick because he said that uh, it shocked his dad and it, it to him it felt like uh, a metamorphosis. So there you go. My God, Nikki, point, what'd you do? The fly. You're out of the family. <laughs> you say metamorphosis and I just think of the fly. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm just... saying. Like he became Jeff Goldblum. Perhaps you'll die. Yeah. It's like I was a cage that had a dream of being a Jeff Goldblum and woke up. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? <laughs> that is I one prefer... big pile of shit. Oh. <laughs> I prefer Jeff Goldblum the, uh, to uh, Kafka's character. So there, I said yeah. it. Oh man, Goldblum cast? So <laughs> I would like to become Jeff Goldblum. But uh, oh, yeah, that's all that I could really find going on in his life at the moment. Uh, except that <laughs> this is the first of three movies for The Cage in 1984. But um, <laughs> The Cage. You know, 1984 <laughs> is big history. That's Most true. Down. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. This is kind of an odd one, actually, since we're in the first like actual year of the 80s in terms of like cultural stuff, and yet it's a period piece. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I I scraped up a few uh, little little factoids about this one. Uh, Hit us. Yeah. So uh, for for one thing, uh, most importantly, we have Crispin Glover run, launching uh, bowling balls at Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, apparently they were uh, schoolmates at uh, Beverly Hills High, I believe. Holy crap! Yeah, Beverly Hills High. Wow. Yeah, little known fact. I think I think this is also the same year Crispin Glover was in his Friday the Thirteenth movie. Actually, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, fourth one. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. Which is one of the many many nineteen eighty four movies that outgrossed Racing with the Moon. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, early on we get Carol Kane, uh, uncredited actually, uh, playing the hooker. Yay! And, Carol uh, Kane! And, and I know Carol Kane. She's so awesome. You know, like she's when, fucking queen. You know, I mean, freaking when a stranger calls and all that. But, like, she was also a hooker previously in The Last Detail, <laughs> which was 11 years prior. And that one, she was young hooker. In this one, she's just hooker. And, you know, um, the director, Richard Benjamin, said, uh, quote, all I ever do when I'm doing anything is try and find a part for her. That's all. Because if you have Carol Kane in a movie, I think you're way ahead of the game. I mean, she's brilliant. End quote. <laughs> Who can argue with that? He must have really liked Leonard Part half. 6. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. Most people weren't awake for Part 1 through 5. <laughs> um, I think I missed him in there, but this is also an early Dana Carvey role. He's credited yeah, as Babyface. No, I, I think he's one of the him. sailors. No, I yeah, I think he's um no, I I cuz I watched this goddamn movie 3 times Me too. just like, looking for him. And I think that he's, I think I found him on the train in the final scene. Oh, crap. And if that's not Why him, Why is this character then... named then? Yeah. I have no fucking clue. But it anyway, is, this uh, is a babyface. Baby yeah. Before so, this, though, he'd been in Halloween 2, and this is Spinal Tap. So this is, this is kind of no, him slumming right now. I didn't know he was in This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Aww. But uh, my theory is that if that's not him on the train uh, leaving with the other soldiers, then he was in a uh, cut scene of the abortion because he was babyface. Oh, naturally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they had to build a, like a scale model of like a you know fetus, yeah. day, you know, with him in it. 
Delete us, um, defeat us. Uh, delete us, defeat us. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to apologize to all three listeners at the moment. Rachel and they make you want to eat them. Uh, I'd like to take a minute to talk about Elizabeth McGovern. Uh, yes! One of my favorite things uh, about this or any other movie. So Elizabeth McGovern, I love her to pieces. Because, uh, you know, too. she's always really appealing. And she's wound up in a lot of great movies. She has also uh, wound up in a lot of great movies that bomb. She like if you if you look at her career on a whole, and which I did um, <laughs> when researching this, um, despite the fact that she's awesome, she is also box office poison. Yeah, well, um, I would say that because she's also Cora from Downton Abbey. Well, <laughs> well, well, check check this out though. Check this out. So, so the, so the same year that she was in this, she was in uh, pro- arguably her best movie and also biggest box office bomb, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. Yo. Where she plays the adult version of Jennifer Connelly's oh. character. Yeah. And the one who gets raped? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah really Saturday yeah. Night Fever on that one. Um, which is much better than this movie. Um in, oh, God, in nineteen eighty one, yeah. uh she was in uh Ragtime by Milos Foreman, which was another period picture, period epic, also a major bomb, and much better than today's movie. Mm-hmm. Uh later in the eighties she was in John Hughes's She's Having a Baby. And I thought, oh, oh wow. for sure, it's a John Hughes movie. That one must have made money. Whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> that was uh, the ghost of John Hughes calling, insisting I not mention his movie. Uh, uh, she was in Walter Hill's Johnny Handsome with Mickey Rourke, which is really an awesome movie, but it also bombed, and it's also much better than today's movie. And so, uh, basically, uh, she was she was never in anything that really turned much of a profit until she had small parts in Kick-Ass and the remake of Clash of the Titans. I didn't know she was in Kick-Ass. Yeah, she's in there somewhere. Misses something or other. Oh, she's back with, with the cage. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. oh my goodness, revenge! That brings me joy. Yeah, it gives me pleasure. <laughs> that is one thing this movie did not bring. <laughs> What, a, I, what about I, Michael I, Madsen? I, what about one-legged Michael Madsen? Uh, I felt I, mean, I felt like cool he was good. Him. I felt like I yeah, felt he was. And and yeah. you know what the odd thing is too is like he hasn't settled into his tough guy persona necessarily so much. You know, obviously yeah, he's a masculine yeah. character. Um, but like yeah. I feel like it's it's more of a performance than he was expe- than was expected of him in the nineties, where he's just kind of like, oh God, yeah. I was in uh, Reservoir Dogs, so I believe I'm going to sleepwalk and collect a paycheck. If that's all right with you. Yeah, before he started turning to the bottle heavily. Yeah, but, I felt uh, like I don't know if you guys got this either, but um, too. But uh, <laughs> in that that hospital scene where like they first enter the hospital, yeah, I was getting strong like deja vu of I am Sam. <laughs> like, were, with, I with... didn't actually watch I am Sam. I oh, I, I, I love Sean Penn. I do, but that was a. Uh, uh, that was his simple Jack right there. <laughs> Pretty much. You never go well, full I mean, retard. Like, in that whole scene, he's like, we're in a hospital. There are sick people here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm very smart. Good. Uh, very good, I, Hopper. I want to go fight in World War II. Oh, look, yeah. wheelchair. Room. Legitimate question. How many writers did this movie have? It had one writer. What? Actually, I was going to talk about him. It was Steve Cloves. Uh, Steve Cloves, uh, I'm not impressed with him on the whole, but he later on did write uh, Wonder Boys, which I liked, and he oh, wrote yeah. the screenplays for, I think, all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, that like, just th- shocking. think of that what you will, like, 
you know. Well, this movie, it's... Oh, my God. Okay, so does it feel disjointed <laughs> to you? Is that what you're telling me right now? I mean, like, this I wouldn't blame you. subverted no, all expectations. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, it's not based on anything. Like, I, I was I was reading up well, on it a little bit. Like, like yeah. Steve Close had a conversation with a producer, and they're like, yeah, I kind of want to do, like, an Innocence of Youth World War II thing. And Steve Close is like, yeah, we'll toss something together, you know? So, like, it's a... But, I, mean, I mean, yeah. So it's a Hollywood picture. It's a made-by-committee kind of a picture, you know? And it was uh, Sherry Lansing's first job as a full-on producer. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. yeah, that's wonderful for her. But what the fuck with this story? There's so many things they set up that go nowhere. You know what? I, like, it feels like it's a miniseries that was compressed into a 90-minute movie. It does, yeah. Because it's like all the emphasis they keep putting on the importance of his hands. It's like, okay, his machines he works with. Maybe something's going to happen. No, nothing, maybe he no, goes no, to war. Yeah, no, something gets no, fucked but up. You know what? You know what the issue is there is is that this this movie... I, now, now this this might be me and my pet theories here, but yeah. but uh, this this movie, uh, watching it frequently, I was thinking like if this had been a seventies movie, somebody would die, or yes. become crippled. Mm-hmm. If it was a nineties yeah. movie, the possibility is also there, and it's also really not properly an eighties movie. It has like the trappings no. of period films from later and earlier decades. But it, but it's it is it is lacking basically those strengths of the time like it can't be naive enough to pull off what it's doing, you know. But there's just there's no arcs is the thing. Oh it's like yeah, things no, happen yeah, yeah, no. And but I kind of like that. Really it was just off. like I mean, the like hopelessness and the the shittiness I, of just waiting to go off to war where you might die. I mean, no, it's it's yeah, not, but even that's not even given any gravity. I mean, it's, it's just, not it as happens. if it's an utter failure uh, as, as a film experience, but in terms of of storytelling, Donnie does have a point. Um, yeah, because it's like even when they go to the pool hustlers, it's like okay, something's going to happen. They're gonna get fucked up, and the whole thing again going back to his hands and playing the fucking piano. That would have been a time Nothing for it. Well, no, if this it's had been like a Michael Cimino movie from like, from like uh, four years earlier, that's what would have happened, you know? But yeah. no, it was yeah. an excuse for them to hop off in the car and the cage go, do 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 Yeah, even the same thing when like they Fair play enough. on the whole him telling Cage, God, you fucked up my life. You didn't even care about the girlfriend. You got knocked up. There's a whole thing of, I haven't talked to him in days. Right, no. And them riding the train together just once. It's like, that could have led somewhere too. Something else could have happened that yeah, actually had some weight like, as to the terribleness. Yeah, but this is yeah, with that though is that like they realize that they have to stick together because one or both of them might not yeah. come back. Well, after which that. is still I think, nice. I think yeah. the real issue is that they were confused about what they were making because I I, I yes, felt like exactly. the, the innocence of youth factor. They felt compelled. It's like, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna fight to get a PG rating, which they achieved. Uh, which it would not have got today. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know, and like, oh well, you know, youth market, and like, and this and this is this reminds me of what I fucking hate about everything World War Two is everything about World yeah. War Two is squeaky fucking clean. You know, you don't mm-hmm. you don't get a thing like with World War Two, you don't get a thing like casualties of war where they take a uh, you know where, where they where they take a, a female prisoner and everybody takes turns raping her. You see that for Vietnam because Vietnam's the dirty war. You never see that yeah. for World War Two because World War Two is heroic. I fly in bird yeah. freedom, like like you know, like they're, they're like this this yeah. Well, that's what kind of got me. It's like they use World War Two as the backdrop to this, and it's just kind of to me, not in a good way. What happened with the Civil War's representation in Gone with the Wind, where it's happening in the background to the main story, but it's not central until certain points. It's the same in this one, where it's like it's mentioned, and outside of seeing a drill going on, 
a scene of him watching a patriotic film in a theater and then the whole we're going off to war bit and going to the hospital and seeing the soldiers that were injured it has no actual presence it has little bearing necessary they could have had the entire movie without it well i think that's by design though because i think like he's like and she brings it up later uh caddy that like he never talks about it because he doesn't want to yeah. think about it. He just but wants to that, try to but, enjoy but it, his, but his teenage is, years. I mean, it is it is it is typical of um of, of the way that World War Two and the nineteen forties tend to be portrayed. You know, like this this isn't mm-hmm. this yeah. isn't the real forties. This isn't the real World War Two. This is the movie forties. This is the the movie World War Two. Yeah, it just feels like it would have been nicer if it had something more to actually play with in there, where it actually leads I to think, something I think with it, instead Spectre, of just, hey, we're going off. The specter of the abortion is supposed to be the heavy thing in this movie. But, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so this is this is like this is, but this is this is this is a, a evolution of film moment here, though, right now, because like I mentioned earlier, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, um, where where the abortion becomes a heavy thing that nobody gets over. And and the guy kills himself because he can't get one because the Catholicism gets in the way. There's there's a cultural barrier and and not merely the legal barrier. And yeah, well, and then and then also the near rape in that too. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's the thing too. It's like you know, it, yeah. and, and and that thing has a whole theme about that. You know, like it, people think of Saturday oh, yeah. Fever, they just think it's disco, but it's like there's actually like yeah. it's about these people in these neighborhoods being racist towards another, being in gangs, yes. you know, being fucked up, being being shackled by traditions, you know. Please forgive me. I haven't seen it. Does John Travolta get raped and have to get an abortion? <laughs> uh, yes, he has an anal butt baby. Oh, that was, no, that oh. was that was the uh, subject of staying alive. The uh, the the Stallone directed sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but ten years on from this, we're sort of we're sort of hovering in the middle. Like ten years on from this, you get fucking Dirty Dancing, where there's also yeah. a sort of a side theme about a girl who quote gets in trouble, who is also by the way not much of a character, much like the girl gets in trouble in this one. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's in the backdrop, and it kind of affects, uh, you know, what's her name, baby, but you know, like, whatever, you know, she's got the sways. Yeah, the one thing I will give this movie a lot of credit for, I really enjoyed out of everything else, because I know you guys like Sean Penn. That's wonderful. I just can't stand him most of the time because he looks like he's pinching in the biggest fart and doesn't want to let it go, though he should. It's, it's called I, acting. Sure. <laughs> I actually loved his fucking parents in this. They were the most reasonable parents yes. I've seen yeah. in a movie in a long time. piano teacher mom. Dad? The dad is John Carlin, a.k.a. Willie from Dark Shadows, the original yeah. one. Yeah, oh, that's right. That is, holy shit, Ruger. that is him. Holy crap. Yeah. I knew I knew that, that face. <laughs> Dark Shadows. It's like, was what's the matter with you, Willie? You're not like vampires. yourself. <laughs> Nothing. It Nothing's the matter with me. Not the goddamn abortion of a movie. No, we're talking about uh, the the soap opera, the the the, the Dan Curtis yeah. black and white soap opera with Barnabas Collins. You know the original one, not from the nineties. The one with Dana Elgar, yeah. Yeah. And among others, Jonathan Fritz. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There there are a lot of people on that thing. That that shit's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Donnie and I grew up watching it. I've uh, I've watched huge VHS. chunks of it uh, streaming on Amazon and other places. Um, I mean, when we grew up in the two two thousand two thousand. Well, let me see. You were old as dirt. Let's just get you that were, out there. Oh, you were old as dirt. No, shut up. Yeah, you're so twenty four. You're so fucking old that you were born in nineteen ninety five. You have a Jesus Christ starter jacket. <laughs> I know oh. when he was an apprentice. Carpenter. All right. Uh, more 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 random stats for the movie here. Um. Uh, so we mentioned Richard Benjamin. Uh, this is only yeah. his second film. Before this, he directed My Favorite Year, 
with the with the Peter O'Toole being drunk and it's supposed to be funny. Um, and he went on to do uh, the Money Pit, which we all know and love. Tom Hanks shout out. Uh, Tom, yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks doing what he's supposed to do. Where are my bosom buddies at? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Made in America, the Whoopi Goldberg Ted Tanson romance. Wow. Oh. Which uh, I, I I never actually seen that, but I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that thing made a chunk of change, huh? They were really happening before oh. he screwed up and did that blackface thing. And he ended up doing. Oh yeah, that was Poor pretty unfortunate. Um, he also did. Uh, my stepmother's an alien. He, yes, which he did. Brought, uh, yeah. Um, Seth Green and Allison Hannigan. Oh, holy shit! Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that was it. Today's movie and, uh, was shot had by Dan Aykroyd. With Dan Aykroyd, yeah, and the thing in the purse, mm. yeah. Uh, today's movie was shot by cinematographer John Bailey, uh, who who had uh, done The Big Chill. And uh, the Paul Schrader version of Cat People in in the Line of Fire, and uh, the biggest piece of shit ever, the Pope of Greenwich Village. They took oh. my thumb, Charlie. <laughs> and the Cindy Lauper Jeff Goldblum movie Vibes. Hey, that was a good one. Oh, that movie's hey, yeah. awesome. Yeah, you oh. can't knock that one with a stick. Uh, that's that's kind of a high point. Uh, kind of a low point is that uh, the the music was by Dave Grusin. Uh, Dave Grusin, yeah. uh, he did the music for The Graduate, all that music that was not by Simon Gar- and Garfunkel, uh, a.k.a. the music from that movie <laughs> that you don't remember at all. Exactly. Um, like, in my opinion, at least, Grusin kind of ruined a few movies with his really shitty musical scores. Uh, he, he did the music to Three Days of the Condor and, uh, and The Firm. You remember The Firm, how the whole thing is just like some guy kind of noodling on a piano? Yeah. That's Dave Grusin. Ugh. Yeah, and it's like, what, what the hell kind of idea was that? It's like, oh, I was going to get an orchestra together, but I'm kind of out of time. <laughs> it's almost as horrible as asking a girl to go skinny dipping when it's butt-fucking-cold That was actually also shot in January. Yeah, that was for real winter. Uh, yeah, yeah like, when she's, like, uh, her teeth are chattering and she's, like, uh, shivering, that's fucking real. That's where you get your uh, PG erect uh, winter nipples, by the way, in that scene. I forgot yeah. that we saw Cora's boobies. Cora's boobies. Da, da, I bet you remember Pin's ass and balls. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you, sir. May I have another. Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of I kind of wore out that part of the movie streaming because I had to repeat it, you know? Uh, you know, wait, no, wait. before that, you know, he's taking his shirt off. He's like, it's kind of hot out here. I'm like, it is kind of hot out here. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cold. It's like, it's like, it's like, like, well, you know, Cage may be all bulky and stuff, but hello, Pen. Yeah, you, you take that off. You don't need, you know, Tan. You look fine. You yeah, know Cage's no character was in the background. It's like, yeah, yeah, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drink right. this bird bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you jump her that water and you're going to turn into Minnie Mouse. <laughs> Minnie Mouse. That's right. <laughs> Ten foot high pile you of empty plastic. You singing tangerines. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 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 ra- Racing with the Moon. I hate that title, by the way. Um. Yeah. Um, so, so this movie did not make money. Um, like I think it like cost like um, six point five million and made like six point four million, at least according to Wikipedia. Oof. So it, it didn't really bring home the bacon. Um, oh yeah, it brought a uh, six million forty five thousand six hundred forty seven gross. I, so I think part of the problem with that, uh, since the movie isn't really a terrible movie by any means, I mean it, it's very commercial. Um, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think one of the reasons it did not do well was the fact that it was released on the same day as the original Police Academy. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Which earned one hundred and fifty-five million dollars. $155,984,000, and went on to spawn six terrible sequels. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. that wasn't a good thing. Yeah, no, it's not a good thing. It's just saying, like, like that, that, but Police Academy is the movie that ate this movie's lunch. So it was a, it was a decent movie, but yeah. not Gutenberg good. <laughs> what is the deal with Gutenberg? <laughs> Gutenberg from Why don't you have a deal with the Goots? Hey, hey, the Goots, man. He is. He does. He does tie right into Chud, though, just because you know, like via diner, you know. Yeah. By the way, what's up, my Chuds? <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was a good movie. I just wish that it had more to no, it. it well, just no, it didn't like it follow through. Substance. Like, like, because the the, the yeah. bit the bit with the abortion where it all comes to a head. That's that's all. That, the movie's almost over when that happens, and yeah. they're just like, well, we got to put this back together right quick. We can't get all the way to two hours. I mean, it's like they had an interesting love story if you just cancel out the whole creepy stalker aspect to well, it I and mean, just manhandling it's, her. It's but, a little, oh, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, but followed like... followed her home by clinging onto a bus he and then he trespasses bus. onto her property. Like, he yeah. can't just fucking talk to her. Yeah, like, well, you know, I you had to find out whether she was a guest or girl. a whole pie, you fat fuck. Hey, chubby cheeks, what's the brown pie? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, That's sir. I too would like brown pie. A... Not right now. I'm with a girl. <laughs> but what more? Kind of think of a uh, uh, dust till dawn. <laughs> oh God. We got, we got apple pie. Everybody. <laughs> hey, a new pie. flavor. Honestly, if he was wheeled into that room and instead of veterans, they had vampires waiting for him, that would have been an amazing. Oh, thing. that would have turned it all around. I would watch the fuck out of that. Even so, like the pit, if she just wheeled him off to a fucking pit of troglodytes. Oh yeah, no, if it was just Elizabeth just McGovern just putting like different like 80s stars and Brad Packers into a pit. Oh my god, best movie ever. <laughs> That's all she does. <laughs> See you later, Judd Nelson. <laughs> what it is, Emilio Estevez. It's your time to go. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen more of Argus the dog oh, and Homer. The guy who I, oh yeah, oh, Elmer's yeah. the real star. With the cane for no reason. So the um, dog's hat was amazing. I so uh, speaking speaking of story elements that don't follow through properly. Um, let, let's bring up the movie's lack of suspense. When they're racing with that yeah. train, we know that Cage isn't going to die because he's fucking more powerful than a locomotive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, aka Kal-El, you know, yeah, from Krypton. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. The fact that uh, live in a Lois, world what are you talking about right now? Cage exists is amazing. Uh Superman does live, by the way. In Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um Yeah, that uh I, I wanted to also say that that scene uh with the Gatsby boy where he hits him, <laughs> uh oh, Okay, what the fuck with the the blood on the girl's dress? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where the he's, hell did he's, that come from? Yeah. Kate, well, he apparently apparently Penn hit him so hard that the blood splattered out of his nose on her tits, and so Gage was like, "Let me mop your tips right quick, right." <laughs> and by the way, the director asked him right before the take to grab her boob, and he does. <laughs> he did not tell the fucking actress. 
Like, that's 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 actually coffee. that's actually <laughs> no that actually is a fairly um I mean not boob grabbing necessarily but that's actually a fairly time honored thing because some directors uh rather than instructing the actors instead try to manipulate them emotionally um yeah like yeah. like on like uh Sam Peckinpah on the Getaway husband and wife uh, Steve McQueen and Ally McGraw are on that one the part where Steve McQueen slaps Ally McGraw Ally McGraw didn't know it was coming you know. Um, on, yeah. on, Gatsby uh, girl was such a small character. Like, well, yeah, no, yeah. She's, you're, you're, you're right. About her, her honest reaction. <laughs> yeah, it just seems girl. like it was a wasted. It was a wasted. By the way, uh, Gatsby girl yes, who gets yeah. grabbed there was also in Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Huh? Um, she. Oh. Uh, I wasn't able to find out much. I I, I should have looked on IMDb. I just looked on Wikipedia. Apparently, uh, she did have a, a film career and a TV career. She was on Falcon Crest. Uh, her name would be useful. I don't remember right now. Um, but but she re- she retired from from film in two thousand to focus on psychotherapy. She's a, apparently a psychotherapist. Oh yeah, I can use one of them. I know, right? Let's That's call her up. Common career for some of the golden era porn actresses. It's like, hey, I was uh, traumatized by Nick Cage grabbing my boob in nineteen eighty four. I think <laughs> other people might be going through stuff too. <laughs> I'm kind of noticing that trend. We keep going back to these people, all these actors and actresses being nervous with him on set. So maybe it is like a Mysterio power. You keep him out of my eyeline. Yes. <laughs> well, okay, you I'm know, it's also because Nicolas Cage can see through their clothes with his X-ray vision. He could also be that's Vigo true. the Destructor. So <laughs> Vigo, <laughs> he's Vigo. <laughs> I've got to say something that's pretty controversial. Okay. Um. I I have to say that I I think at this point in his career, he's fucking killing it. Oh yeah! Oh uh, oh my god! Yeah no, I mean like this is th- from what we've actually been watching, you know, in order. Like yeah, this is like his best moment right there. It's like it's like the it's like the random improv shit in Valley Girl, except you know like more so. He's yeah. really yucking it up, and it's great. You know, like like he like. Yeah, it really adds to his presence, and Penn has a lot of presence, you know, like doing it a little subtler, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, and uh, while talking about them, uh, Sherry Lansing, the producer, said, "Quote: You knew instantly that you were watching two of the great actors of our time." End quote. And Elizabeth McGovern said, uh, "Quote: They were both kind of a little bit in the phase of young actordom, where to be brilliant, one had to just." Dis- destroy one's hotel room they were just sort of both very interested in being kind of wild boys to a certain extent and i was sort of the good girl on this set and i absolutely absolutely loved every minute of it i really did end quote sean penn beats him hmm. <laughs> <does. religiously. laughs> and katrina victims <laughs> <laughs> I, I still love. And, uh, God, I hate. While he was I'm, I've, I've got it running. I've got it running in the background here, and it's at the end where they where they erase the train that's taking them off to war. This scene is retarded. Did you see Dana Carvey? <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not seeing him. Well, I I, I was. I laughed so hard at that scene because I kept expecting him to get hit in the back of the head with a steel beam. All right, yeah, yeah, racing with. Yeah. Oh yeah, make it like Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, like 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 it hits and there's like a little bit of gore flying off into freeze frames, and then there's there's silent end credits like in the seventies, <laughs> yeah. or like a moment out of Hereditary. Cage <laughs> running for this train looks so goofy, by the way, and they're like, it really yeah. Does. <laughs> 
You know, I kept thinking like how the okay, great. They 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 caught up with the train, they're holding on and standing there. How the fuck are they gonna get on the train now? They gotta flip around to the thing. They needed to add a stunt. Um <laughs> so uh you know, watching it just now though, I had just a tiny epiphany. So we got this squeaky clean forty story, right? So it's this period thing, you know, you get the roller skating scene and all that. Right? It's all like mm-hmm. excessively innocent, you know, like they got the PG rating. It's at a period of time where, where there was sort of a transformation taking place in films. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't all the flaws in this movie make sense if they made it into one of those god-awful early 80s musicals? Yes. Like Newsies? Oh, God, you know? yeah. It's like yeah. Especially the suddenly playing hip music and all the dead kids getting up and dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you unruly little shits. Don't play Boogie Woogie. You have to play Carnegie Hall. Yeah, okay, the, the scene, yeah, the scene where they're in the closed bowling alley and Cage is singing Tangerine, which I never heard before, into the into the into the mop. You know? Like that is that is so that was so blue velvet. It makes blue velvet look less blue oh, velvet. God, yeah. You know, like I swear but, David Lynch yeah. saw this movie and said yes. Yes, this is the direction <laughs> my career needs. No yeah, more biopics like, or science change. fiction films. We're just going to do <laughs> this. as iconic as, say, Jean-Claude Van Damme drunk dancing in Kickboxer. Oh, oh, that was the best. <laughs> or, was that, or was that Double Dragon? No, no, no. That was, that was Kickboxer 1. Kickboxer 1. <gasps> double Dragon? <laughs> oh, no, she's, she's, thinking of, she's thinking of Double Impact. Double impact. That's what I'm thinking oh, of. The, the one where he has the twin. Oh, man, no. If, if, oh. if Double Dragon had been done with two Jean-Claude Van Damme instead of amazing. Scott Wolf and the guy from the American Iron Chef, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, Double Dragon yeah, was based on a Nintendo game. With the, with the twin. But I thought that's the one where he had the drunk, crazy drunk dancing. He might in both. I've actually, I've actually never seen all Maybe. of Double Impact to my shame. Where he had like the clapping going. Yeah, on. yeah, no, he. Oh, that uh, was yeah, that was. Kickboxer. It was kickboxer. Yeah. Fuck. Ah. Stay away well, from I his really, right leg. Really, uh, I really dug uh, Cage's dancing. If I if I if I cut scene. my hair short and suck my cheeks, I can kind of look Van Damme-ish a little bit. Hey, <laughs> honestly, it would have been really fun to see Nick Cage and Penn doing a song and dance number at the bowling alley and timing people rolling the bowling balls down as they're skipping over them going down the lanes. <laughs> and sean penn doing it oh yeah <laughs> no, but i could see them having a song they sing about balls going down lanes and, going, <laughs> and then, and then tyrone powers to the submarine <laughs> and he yells fuck him no 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 tyrone power never said fuck him yeah he did he blew up all the jabs and then he what balls <laughs> he blew all of them. That whole drunk scene that was uh, that was the best part of this movie, right there. I was living for Were that there, scene. I had a uh, my husband Carlo watch it with me, and we both decided that it was very me in this scene where he says, "I could have done that before I started drinking." Uh, yeah, you see this? You see this? What? I could not do that before I started drinking. Why would you want to? It gives me pleasure. <laughs> it's it's like. He's like he's so he's so yeah no he, he's so lost in it right there it's just disarming it's like holy shit there's no affectation at all he's just like a goofball you know <laughs> kind of yeah isn't it Howie. I think it's Howie. the middle of the movie toward the end he was just drinking nonstop yeah who could blame him just like the audience 
Yeah. And it was a simpler time again where you could drink and drive and no one had a I know, he's drinking and drinking. Yeah, no, yeah, there was another opportunity, right, for something to follow through. Hey, that could have mm-hmm. been the Dirty cra- Mary Crazy Larry uh, moment right there also where, you See, know, like, let me I'm out of the saying. car. Let me out of the car. And then the car gets wrapped around a fucking train. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns into a blood on the asphalt video. You no, know, and then you know, like, like you get, you get, a, you get a crane shot pulling back from like the wrecked train. You know, like with like with like the Carl Spatter dad still smoking, and and like there's there's a uh, there's World War Two radio announcement like getting louder. You know. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> this thing would have been so fucking good. Exactly. <laughs> Just He's needed only. a little tragedy. Yeah, no, they they no, they brought on board, uh, you know, Richard Benjamin, you know, uh, to deftly avert any drama. Yeah, but I mean, even you know like what? the go oh, ahead. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, even the abortion scene, as quickly as that ends, and her saying she felt sick after, it's like, oh, is this gonna go somewhere? No, no, I'm no, yeah, on. no, she died from like, a, this. Well, I mean, like left the state. The back in the day, coat hanger back of a car abortions. Those shits were dangerous. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that they they really could have built around like or like built more, I don't know, suspense and like drama into that moment because that was, I mean like even in the commentary he talks about how goddamn dangerous it was back then. But you know, like well, he talks about getting it taken care abortion. of though. The girl, the girl, the girl who got in trouble, like she she had so few lines in this thing. Like she, she yeah, only, that's what I'm saying. She had two yeah, scenes where she Sally. speaks. Yeah. Like, her going yeah, like, to the abortion and coming from the abortion, she doesn't speak. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you don't need to hear a fucking Hoover vacuum coming from the trailer. <laughs> going on. God. But it's like, just having a follow-up to it would have been nice. But it's like, it still played out how it was supposed to, which was showing that they were both being kids that were being insensitive to the whole entire thing. Well, and Nick Cage just being how well, he is because he's ignoring it. made it all about like Sean Penn's character right. and well, yeah. uh, Caddy. It was the background drama for them to bring their, their shit to a head. It's, you know. Yeah. But, and, and actually, um, I don't know if it's a thing for 80s writing specifically, but like you, you do see that a lot where, like, where there'll be like a dual purpose scene that's meant to complete two arcs. You see it in Scarface quite a bit. Yeah. You know, hmm. and it's fine. You know, um, I mean, like, you know, when, yeah, like, you know, like that thing happened, you know, they, they broke the law and possibly God's law, depending on how religious they were. They didn't seem very. Um, right. Right. You know, and, and uh, um, you know, like nobody knows how to act, you know, no knows how to react. Um, this movie, though, yeah. did have two lines that delight me if taken out of context. There's, there's the part where they're where they're in the cafe before Elizabeth McGovern crosses over and Sean Penn sells her pie pretending to work there. Uh, there's there's the there's the music playing on the radio and Cage says, "Can we kill the angels?" And then later in the library, Elizabeth McGovern shelving books, and one yes. of the shelves is wonky, and she says, "Religion's a little shaky." And I'm like, "Yes, yes, indeed it is. Indeed, yeah. indeed it is." And it all comes back in City of Angels. Right. <laughs> I would give up forever to touch you. <laughs> I want to grab your boob again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honk, honk. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed or would know, but like the scene where they're trying to hustle the Navy guys who are hustling them. Yeah. Um, the the guy playing pool against Sean Penn, it was Switek from Miami Vice from the TV series. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, from of Switek and Zito. You know, who was always the big Elvis fan on that show. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. 
The more you know. For those that yeah, don't know, the, Miami Vice was popular in the eighties. Oh yeah, no, it, it premiered late in eighty four, we uh, and it was it was one of the biggest things ever, and it was actually excellent for its first two seasons before Michael Mann left to do movies, and it was taken over by goddamn Dick Wolf of Law and Order. <sighs> that has nothing to do with today's movie or Nicolas Cage, but I hate Dick Wolf. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I was things to like about it. It just should have been a little better. But I really liked his girlfriend a lot just yeah. because it was nice seeing her actually struggle with this. But again, it's like I just, I they used her story and his kind of in the backdrop of the abortion story right. of trying to do the whole, I don't want to disappoint yeah. him if he finds out that I'm poor. And it's just kind of there, there wasn't there. enough to back that up. Really react like to there's, it. there's like the one moment where she realized that he's, that she actually realizes he's confused and the other moment where she where they discuss it but like there's yeah. no yeah that's that's uh that's one of the issues about this movie is like there's there's very little uh there's very little to pad it out you know there's very little to fill it in yeah and, and while just... we're talking about that yeah. scene how many countless times have you guys spent times with your loved ones throwing rocks at each other Oh yeah, yeah. she kind of <laughs> said, "Fuck this shit, bitch! You're getting in the fucking eye." <laughs> <laughs> she goes for blood. Hey, if only yeah. hey, it's another thing they could have turned it into like Sid and Nancy at that point. <laughs> yeah, again, they could have, they could have, they could have hit that bottle with a vengeance, you know, and then and then and then they and then they both start just stabbing each other, you know. <laughs> that would have so, made a better movie. Is there any? <laughs> kernels of wisdom we can actually gleam from his performance in this um well uh, it's it's perfectly okay to uh to uh drink a lot and drag your best friend into raising a lot of money because you'll be pals in the end and go to war yeah i'd say that it's uh if if like he were to come up with the the wisdom for us with uh, the character nikki he'd say live your life to the fullest especially if you're going to war race that train, do what brings you pleasure, and get it in. However, while you're also getting it in, use protection. <laughs> also, yeah. if you buy your girlfriend some shoes, she'll be cool with the fact that she paid for your friend's abortion. Yeah, buy your girlfriend <laughs> some shoes, and before you finish, stop and think, pull out quick, and finish in the sink. But mostly it shoes. It would have ended so much differently. Uh. Otherwise, do the right thing, and pay for a clean abortion. And give your girl a ride to and from. Although, unlike Nikki, I would say that you should go in with her. Uh, Hold her hand. Go alone. Don't make it a fucking group event. Don't bring your friend and his girlfriend. Hey, hey, guys, that was the second double date of the film. (laughs) Hey, you guys want to go to an abortion tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yowza. (laughs) Gee, this is some good grub. Maybe don't get an abortion in a trailer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they didn't really have any choices back then either. Don't ask me how, but this movie is identical in every way to Purple Rain. (laughs) (laughs) I want to ask you why, but we really shouldn't. You know know the part where she throws herself back in the freezing pond in the mud, and then Sean Penn revs up his bike and says, you know that uh, that ain't Lake Minnetonka right there. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something like they go to Nicholas Cage goes to check on the girl. It's like, how's the baby? <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh. I knew this girl named Nicky. You could say she was a sexy oh, bitch. Oh shit, it fits. 
I think the best Colonel Wisdom I will take away is don't let anyone sass you about getting the Bird of Freedom tattooed across your chest. I'm not going to put anything on your chest. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a Cleveland steamer. Jesus. Well, he could have got a, a snake coming out of his navel. <laughs> yeah, he could have some kind of knocking. <laughs> I still hope that he did find a way for him and Crispin to go back to their proper time in the 80s, though, and not like Samuel Beckett from Quantum Leap and ended up stuck in time. Dr. Sam Beckett, we love you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, whenever anybody mentions uh, Scott Bakula, I just kind of go to a place. Oh, Count Bakula. Well, is there anything else maybe we haven't brought up we'd like to before we draw things well, to a close? how would you guys... I mean, we, we've been talking about how we would improve the movie, but uh, would you put anybody in in, in, in any parts? It's hard to discuss or... recasting just because the fact that they were in it sort of was the best thing about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I don't know. Maybe a young Jeff Goldblum would have been interesting, but I don't know. That's just because we mentioned Goldblum earlier. You could see them, uh, if they wanted to make it, like, uh, less good, you know, you could see them doing it around this time with, like, I don't know, like, Richard Gere and David Keith. Yeah. Or Emilio Estevez. You know, they want to make it a lot less good. (laughs) Let's not Estevez (laughs) Oh, yeah, the Estevez, yeah. (laughs) I need $150 to pay for an abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Just give it to me. Jesus Christ. I think I would have loved to have just like kept uh, Elizabeth McGovern and uh, Nick Cage and Sean Penn, but put Carol Kane playing all the other characters, including Argus the dog. What about Michael J. Fox instead of Sean Penn? Oh, yeah, he was starting to be a thing. This is after Class of 84, which was in 84. You can't have him with Crispin Glover. Oh, That's because it's his dad. You would cause a rift in time. <laughs> <laughs> See, it just adds a word like Crispin Glover is that his lawsuit uh, against uh, against the producers for uh, Back to the Future Part 2 for not uh, recasting him and using his likeness is yeah. like, a legal landmark. Because like they, they had somebody I... in a in a Crispin Glover mask, basically. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Well, he he actually took issue with the ending of Back to the Future. He actually he actually took the producers aside. He says, "You know that bit at the end where they get all the money? You know that's bullshit. You know the reward should be that they're happy." And uh, Robert Zemeckis is like, "Yeah, they're happy because they got that money. Duh. <laughs> it's the '80s. Nobody cares." <laughs> and Chris Glover's like, hey, "Fuck I you!" And they're like, "Agree Fuck with him." Like, no, yeah, he he's like a pretty real dude, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's my kind of Glover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm going to try and picture that Doc Brown actually is Nick Cage's character, Nick, and that he did develop the time machine to go rescue them and to bring them back to best of time. Who's vice president? Tyrone Power? What balls? (laughs) I couldn't do that before I started drinking, Marty. (laughs) Well, I... Yes, did we cover it, or did I, we actually do this? I think it's, it's, it's yeah, no, I mean, we got, we I got every not. dimension there. There's, we'll never play Carnegie well, Hall at this rate. No, but <laughs> I guess if that's the case, since uh, last time we had 
a very nice musical number. Maybe we can end it with uh, our own musical rendition. Let's not. My kind of glover. <laughs> tangerine. Kind of glover. <laughs> she is all they play. Now that's gold. <laughs> I think now we know why Cage doesn't sing more. Oy, baby. <laughs> We're not going back to that. <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Uh, Jesus okay, Christ. I guess it's time for uh, butt oh, plugs. Oh, um, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Where, where should we go remember? online, and what should we like and subscribe, Linda? Tell us. I would not buy butt plugs from Amazon. <laughs> They're cheaper used. Wisdom. <laughs> uh, you should be following Crispin Glover, but also... Please remember, you can find Cage's Kiss on Facebook and Twitter at Cage's Kiss. And you can visit our website at cageskiss.com. And you can also write to us at cageskiss at gmail.com. And none of those include the apostrophe, of course. It's just C-A-G-E-S-K-I-S-S. Donnie, you got any plugs? Not butt plugs, but I guess Twitter. Unnatural. Well, yes, Twitter is unnatural. I, however, am unreal goals. But please, again, don't follow me. I am not a social butterfly. Follow him on Twitter and get a natural high. <laughs> I guess, or I can sell you used butt plugs I didn't buy from Amazon. It brings him pleasure. <laughs> Immense pleasure. And you can still find me as uh, Leo the Fox, all lowercase, all run together on uh, DeviantArt.com, where I do my various types of artworks and run a group called Dreadful Tales that replicates old-timey pulp magazines. You can still find me on YouTube as A.A. Smith, uh, complaining about books that you didn't read and making cartoons you won't understand. And I think you can find all of us on a street corner with cheeseburgers. Screaming. Always. But we'll see you next week with the Cotton Club. And if you ask me, you're barking up the wrong gams. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess that this would be your cage kiss off. Tangerine. I could eat a page for hours, please.